Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every day is life-changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Okay, first of all, if you are listening to this the week that it releases, I want to wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day. I love this holiday. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year, and it is my prayer that you will know your value and what a treasure you are to your family this weekend. And whether or not your family celebrates you you know, as well as they could, I pray that God would show you how precious you are to Him and the good, good work that you're doing by loving your family so well. Okay, so I have a couple fun announcements today. In honor of Mother's Day, I have a giveaway for you. I'm giving away books from today's guest, Jenny Allen, and then also past guest, Shauna Nequist. So if you want to get a chance to win a copy of Jenny Allen's book, Nothing to Prove, and to get an autographed copy, how cool is that, of Shauna Nequist's book, Present Over Perfect, here's what you need to do. I want you to take a picture of what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast. Now, this is a mom podcast, so let me have a little bit of a mom moment. If you are running while listening to the podcast. Don't take a picture right now. If you are driving while listening to the podcast, please don't take a picture right now. If you're operating heavy machinery while listening to the podcast, please don't take a picture right now. Let's all be safe. Okay, mom moment over. Now, if you're listening to the podcast while doing dishes or doing laundry or doing chores, just go ahead, take a picture. That's cool. Anything else, just put it off till later. You can recreate the moment, but then post your picture on Instagram and then tag me, Jenny and Shauna. I'm the Cat Lee underscore. Jenny Allen is Jenny S. Allen and Shauna Nequist is S. Nequist. And give us a tag on Instagram and I'll pick a winner from everyone that enters. So I'm also giving away a $20 gift certificate to the Hello Morning Shop. And you can use that to get whatever you want, but you can get a copy of the Inspired to Action Planner or any one of our Hello Mornings Bible Studies or our Bible Study e-course or any of the things in there. Now, speaking of Hello Mornings, we just released our newest Bible study. It's called At My Savior's Feet, and it is a study of the parables of Christ. And y'all, it's so good. And registration is open right now for our next group study session that starts on the 15th. So be sure to head over to hellomornings.org to learn more, more about that. Now, if you're not familiar with Hello Mornings, that's my website that's dedicated to helping women build solid, life-giving morning routines. Because especially for us as moms, we know how crazy mornings can be and how getting off to a bad start can have such a huge impact on the rest of the day. So if you want to learn more about Hello Mornings, just go to hellomornings.org. Or this is another fun thing. You can check out our brand new podcast that I've been recording with my friend, Heather McFadden. You might know her from the God-Centered Mom podcast, another really amazing podcast. And Heather and I have been having so much fun, maybe too much fun, recording these episodes. I think there's four up right now for you that you can go check out and you can subscribe to that on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's see. We've covered Mother's Day, Hello Mornings, the new Bible study, the new podcast, and the amazing giveaway. 
Don't forget to take your photo and tag us on Instagram. I think that's it. All right, let's uh, go ahead and dive into our conversation today with the truly inspiring and beautifully humble Jenny Allen. Hey, Jenny, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast today. Thanks, Kat. It's good to be here. I love having a fellow Texan on the show. I live uh, just up the road from you in Waco, Texas. So oh, that's a good place to be from. Enjoying some good, good weather this fine spring day. We have like this window of great weather in Texas. <laughs> true before it turns unbearably hot. Right. Yes. I think most people call it winter, but in, yes. in Texas, it's like the season when you can actually go outside. Yep, it is. It's glorious right now. Well, Jenny, can you introduce us a little bit to you and to your family? Sure. So I have four kids. I've been married to my husband, Zach, for 20 years as of next month. And we are living in Austin. Um, I run an organization called If Gathering. And I'm a writer and a teacher as well. So it's it's busy world, busy life. Well, you kind of blew me away a little bit as I was learning about your book. And because I, I just finished, I just turned in the manuscript for my first book. And hmm. I remember reading about how you basically wrote your newest book in like three weeks, essentially. <laughs> um, and that just sort of blows my mind. So I'd love to hear kind of the what you were writing, the journey you yeah. went through and what shifted that. So certainly um, the year and a half of study and work I had done to prepare for this book was not wasted. Um, I'd studied Jesus's life and and there was something, though, there was a disconnect for me in the first book that I wrote um, and it, I couldn't figure out what it was. And so much so that three weeks before I brought in a writing coach just to help me figure out why is this not landing? Why do I not feel like I've worked this out and this is what it's supposed to be? And at the end of working together for, I don't know, four or five hours, he said, Jenny, I think it's because you're writing the wrong book. You've you've written a book. And the first book was called Numb. You've written a book about a symptom rather than the real issue. And it was so insightful because where it's true, like I, that was that was it. I was circling the issue rather than really identifying why I wanted to be numb and where that was this was coming from. So it was kind of a Band-Aid book. And, and when I dove into, to the new book, it came so quickly because one, I had done the study for two years of what I had not been believing about Jesus and God and what he wanted to do in me and through me. And, and all that had been clear and worked out, but I had been working with the wrong thesis and the wrong big idea. And, and it was truly empowering for me just to experience God again, and like, as I even worked on it for three weeks, just reminding me of these truths that, that we don't have to be enough, that we don't measure up and that running from it and numbing out is, is not a way to live. And I think it was, yeah, through three weeks I did, I kind of secluded myself and wrote and wrote and wrote. And, and most of the book as it is there was certainly on those pages, but as you can imagine, it was a train wreck. And so while I wrote it and threw it up in three day or three weeks, um, it was built on a year and a half of study and preparation and other writing that I'd already been doing. And then it was about three months of hard edits, edits like I've never had in a book before because it was such a disaster. So I'm imagining that in this process, you really had to have had a support group to come around you for you to be able to sequester yourself away and write a book in three weeks. So you are not the Lone Ranger. I'm imagining you had no. a team to help you make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Both at work and, and with my husband, I, I called him before I agreed to it. I, I talked to 
him and I was with Lindsay Nobles and, you know, she, she at the time was helping me run if, so I, I kind of got permission from key people and, and everybody knew this would be difficult and costly and, and yet we're yes, so supportive. And of course I didn't actually go away for three weeks, but a lot of my time, in fact, most of my awake hours were spent writing. What I love just from that little snippet right there is that uh, you have a you have a team. And I think particularly as moms, we feel like we need to kind of be able to do everything. We need to be <laughs> a great cook. We need to be great at keeping our house tidy. We need to decorate our house awesome. We need to be excellent at, at um, disciplining and teaching and training and discipling our kids. Uh, but, you know, in, in that little snippet that you gave us, I love hearing about how you had a writing coach, how you had family yeah. and people at work supporting you as you, you focused on this. Um, can you speak a little bit about to moms about that idea of feeling like they need to have it all together, that need to prove themselves? Yeah. I mean, on that topic specifically, I so this is such a good example of a way that I was living in bondage to that idea. But I, I remember early on, the first thing I paid for when I got my first check for writing what, which was very small, <laughs> you know, it always was very small in the beginning. And, but it was big enough for me to have a housekeeper every other week. And that was what we spent it on. I could not, um, I could not do, I knew I could not have space to do this unless immediately I use that money to have help. And, and I think it's important. And I remember early on a mentor of mine saying, Jenny, don't hide that from people that you have help because I think otherwise we're feeding this myth. Cause I would have thought, you know, I don't want to brag that I have somebody that helps me clean or I don't want to disclose that, you know, I want to, you know, look like I do it all. And the truth is that's, Mm -hmm. that's part of the problem is we aren't honest about the realities of our lives that, that there are multiple people pulling off any given thing. And, and so I think then it shuts down people watching because they think, Oh, I could never do all of that. And we're, and ultimately it's because I fed a lie that I could, you know, and that's not true. Right. Um, there's such a team, beautiful team effort to every single part of, of our, all of our lives. And, and I think that that's part of how we dispel that myth. But for me, I mean, in a million ways, I was that, that carried over where I felt like I was supposed to be doing all these things perfectly and well. And, and I think where I've gotten as I've grown at peace with myself and, and trusting God more and more to, to lean into what he provides and his abundance. I've seen just this freedom to, you know, not everything is going to work out okay. Not all of those um, pieces line up every day to achieve balance and beauty. Like a lot of times it's a disaster. A lot of times it's a mess. And and I think what's changed in me is to to humbly hold what I believe God's called me to today mm. and and not to hold on to it tightly as if I'm supposed to protect it or manage it or make it work perfectly or control it, but to open my hands and say, God, here's, here's what you've given me for today. I trust that you'll give me what I need to accomplish what I'm supposed to do today. And I, and I'm willing to let things fall through my fingers that maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing, or I'm not supposed to, um, make happen. And, and I think that's just given a real freedom and grace to my life into my days where I don't feel the hustle I used to feel all the time. I, I feel like I get to enjoy the things that he keeps there and that, and I get to enjoy his provision as I live it out and work it out imperfectly because I'm giving grace for 
for all of it. I'm not just giving grace for other people. I'm not just giving grace for the mess of it. I'm not just giving grace for the activity of it. I'm giving grace also for myself to expect that I will fall short many times during a day and that that's the power of believing the gospel, that that he is the covering for us, that we don't have to strive and measure up and live performing, improving ourselves, and finding our worth and identity in what we do and how we do it, that we really do get to rest because of what Jesus did for us. And and I think we can say that and we can know that, but I think to actually live it and experience it is what he meant for us. How do we get to that point? So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of listening that are just like, okay, that sounds like the ideal. That's the, that's the perspective that I want to have. But how do I get to that point? Because a lot of that is letting go of feeling or, or transferring where I find my worth. At, was that a journey for you? Was it a sudden epiphany? How did you get to that point? Yeah, I would say um, it was certainly a journey and with little epiphanies, you know, and and I think that's always how God works. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he his goal is um, that that we would conform more to his image as we go in this life, knowing that the flesh is at war for us, that the enemy is at war for us. And and that happens most often by believing the truth about him. And as we believe the truth about him, then we believe the truth about ourselves and and so I think, yes, it's a process of believing. Some days it's three steps backwards because we've been disconnected from God and disconnected from the truth that he is offering us every day. So so for me, I, I notice it most in my feelings and emotions when I'm distant from God. So when I start to feel anxious, when I start to feel afraid, when I start to feel insecure, that's a real physical feeling for most of us. If we notice it, if we stop and notice it, we'll feel, you know, sometimes I'll grip my teeth. I'll feel like my chest is kind of tight. I'll feel exhausted. I'll feel sad. You know, I'll feel those things. And and I rarely, I think most of us rarely stop and feel those things. We don't want to feel those things. So we push those things away. Well, those things are meant to, just like our body has thirst and it's a trigger to, to, to get our body physically what we need. I think those emotions are given to us as triggers and to, to lead us to a place of getting what we need. And so I've learned to listen to those things. I've learned to notice like, you know what, I'm feeling defensive or I'm feeling insecure in this conversation. Why is that? And even just to pray as it goes, like, Lord, would you, would you study me? Would you remind me that I don't have to perform in this conversation? Will you remind me that, um, I can be wrong. I can, I can have messed up. I can sin. I can apologize. And and I can go forward, not because I'm awesome, but because you are and because of what you've done. It's a constant reminding ourselves. But I think we first have to recognize our thirst and our need. And so often that comes from the feelings that we're feeling throughout the day that we usually push away. And sometimes those feelings can make us want to numb them, though. There's a line in your book that I love. It says, I didn't want Jesus. I just wanted Netflix. So tell us, give <laughs> yeah. us the backstory on that and talk a little bit about numbing and, and kind of why we do that and how we can step away from that. Well, my story is that I really went from zero to 160 as far as calling and work. You know, for so long, I definitely lived in my calling. I taught my Bible to a living room full of girls since I was since I just became a Christian at 17, I, I pulled girls into a room and I started teaching them the Bible. So I was living my calling as far as my gifts and where God had led me so far. But as I, as I pray, you know, there's, there's actually another book that I wrote called anything about this moment in my life where I really surrendered and prayed, God, I'll do anything, anything that you want. I'm going to do it. And my husband and I prayed it together. 
And really some crazy things started happening after that. And I would say from that point on, you know, my life has been completely turned upside down of just our family, how we live, where we live, why we live and what we do has really dramatically shifted. And so I think there was a bracing that happened when I began to pray that and I saw God start to move. And it was a bracing that to some degree brought about courage and strength to do the task at hand, which was basically expecting difficulty, expecting, you know, no longer was I going to seek my comfort. I was going to, I was going to seek God and I was going to seek his will. And so there was a bracing of the cost of that that was real. I mean, there was a legitimate cost to almost every decision we've made in the last few years. And, and largely those have been obedient steps, but they've been costly steps. And, and so I think that bracing led me to believe that to do this, to accomplish all this, and along with it, a lot of suffering and a lot of difficulty that we didn't plan and that we didn't sign up for. But but at the same time, in surrendering everything, we did. And and so I think I lived a lot of those years uh, with my teeth gritted, with almost just this martyr-type mentality about God and thinking that, gosh, I've got to do this with a pure heart. I've got to do this without with persevering and not... Um, doubting. I've got to do this. You know, there, there was definitely a fierceness that came through that, but I think it was a, it was very much built out of what I thought he wanted from me. And so there was a strength to that, but I believe it was exhausting me because I think the, the, the analogy I use is that I felt like I was on a stage and God was in the, in the, um, audience and he had a clipboard and he was kind of saying, okay, you know, I've called you all to all these things. I've called you to start if gathering, I've called you to write and teach. I've called you to, um, adopt your son. I've called you to do all these things. Let's see how you're doing with it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's such an American mindset. It's such a, you know, it's just the way I, I grew up and, and thought probably every person was looking at me like that. But the truth is that's not God. It might be every person in our lives, but it's not God. And it's not how he works. In fact, there's no stage in his, in his world. There's God and God in us and God through us and God with us and God for us. And, and then there's, you know, finite, broken creatures that he uses anyway. And I think I had to embrace the broken, finite part to be able to enjoy the God power part. And none of us like that. We all want to get to the power God part without the broken, finite part. And, and, you know, I was, I was willing myself to be enough for God. And I realized, wait, that's the, that's not the narrative of God's story. If that's not the narrative of Jesus, that's not the narrative of the gospel. That's not the narrative of the Bible. The narrative of God is that that we are not enough and he is enough for us. And it's the most freeing way to live. And we think because the door to that way is admitting our need, our brokenness, our doubt, our fear, we think that that going through that door is just too painful. And so for a long time, I think in all these years, you know, the reason I crave Netflix more than Jesus is I began, who wouldn't, right? When mm-hmm. I tell that story, if God's in the, with a clipboard and the, in Jesus is in the, with, you know, watching me perform and I feel like I'm barely getting by. Like, I don't know my lines. I don't know what expected of me. I'm like making a disaster everywhere I turn and he's out there judging me. Then of course I'm avoiding him. And of course I want to numb out and not deal with my life. And, and I didn't, I couldn't, if I could have articulated that back then, of course I would have seen it for the lie and the, the, you know, perversion of, of Jesus and truth that it was, but, but I couldn't then, you know, I, I just, it, it felt noble and right. And it was being reinforced all around me because people would say things like, I pray for you all the time with like this heavy, somber look on their face, like, (laughs) please don't mess up, you know, for, for the sake of God, you know, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know. I, I did feel that message and I, and I think, um, 
you know, I, I, I just think it was such a exhausting way to live that of course I wanted to check out. And I think it, what it caused me to do was to look at my own life and say, what's off? Like, this is not what Jesus said. He said, I give you life and I give it abundantly. I, it's for freedom that I died to set you free. He says, um, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm thinking this is, this is whatever's happening to me. It's not of God. Like this is not <laughs> how it's supposed to be. So it sent me on a search and I'm just so grateful that he did have a different way for me to live. So what was that turning point? What was the that journey like? Was there a specific, you know, you opened your Bible and it, it fell on something? Was it something that somebody said to you? How did you make that switch? Well, for me, I would say I tried all that. <laughs> um, and I didn't see, I didn't see the problem. And I think it go back to the door of brokenness. Like, I don't think I, I think I was looking for strength in myself when God was saying, look for your brokenness, look for your weakness. And that scared me. And, and it wasn't what I saw everywhere. You know, like I saw all these strong, courageous, awesome leaders that were very gifted. I didn't, I didn't know that there was a model for someone that, you know, to, to own this and yet to not be bound by it. Right. Like the goal wasn't that I would walk around broken and weak. The goal was I would walk around in the power and strength of God. Mm -hmm. But I think I had to start to notice, I had to get comfortable with my limitations, with my, um, with admitting my sin, with being wrong, with, um, being, you know, imperfect and letting people down. I had to, I had to get comfortable with that and not in itself because all of that is brokenness. We don't ever need to be comfortable with brokenness, but we need to admit brokenness and we need to go to God with it and, and experience his forgiveness and and grace and power for it. So I think it really does start there. I I noticed, I mean, the biggest moment of, of change for me was I was, um, in a, on a retreat with some other leaders and, um, ended up in a conversation with, with, a counselor that I realized, you know, he, he was like, Jenny, you feel like you need to keep this thing up. Cause I couldn't figure out why did I feel so much pressure? Why did I feel so much, um, just oh, angst over my life and over the callings of my life. And, and I remember thinking, you know, the, the imagery I had for it was, I felt like I, I had got it given me the Barbie dream castle. Like it was ministry that I loved, that I was thriving in, that I appreciated that I was with on team with dear friends. And God was blessing it. God was moving. People's lives were changing. I'm like, what else do I want? This uses my gifts. This is everything. Why every morning when I w- wake up, do I want to kick it in? I, I, I want to destroy it. Like, what is this? This isn't rational. This doesn't make sense. And I fasted, I prayed, I'd, I'd talked to people about it. I'd, I'd, you know, read my Bible. I didn't know how to shift it. And it was so beautiful because I believe God really, truly brought me face to face with this, the wisdom of this man. And he just looked at me and said, kick it in, Jenny, kick it in, kick in the Barbie dream, dream castle. And I was like, what? Like everything (laughs) in me, like got prickly and scared. And then all of a sudden I took this deep breath and I was like, really? He was like, yeah. And he said, if it's of God, you can't destroy it. And if it isn't, you just did him a favor. So good. And Oh, I mean, it was the greatest exhale of my entire life. I thought you're telling me I cannot mess this up if it is of God. And of course, that's the gospel. If if it were all dependent on us, what a disastrous plan of God. But it isn't dependent on us. He uses the broken. He uses the sinners. He uses, look at David's life. Jesus' lineage dates back to David and date into infidelity. I mean, he seems to work with disaster. Now, it's not that we would, would, you know, Paul says, so do we go on sinning? You know, of course not. You know, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you will sin. You will mess this up. You will be a disaster and I'll move anyway. 
And, and because of that, I will want to give my life to him. I won't want to sin. I won't want, I want to be a part of this movement and story of God, not because it depends on me, not because he's chosen me special, you know, no, that's not the story of God. The story of God is he actually picks the losers. He picks the sinners. He picks the broken and he uses them anyway so that he gets the glory lest anyone should boast. So that's, it was such a freeing, I, I could have recited the verses but I certainly wasn't living them, and I certainly wasn't enjoying the freedom that the gospel brings. I love that word as it relates to the moms listening, because I know so many of them feel like, okay, mm. whether my child is going to make it in life, whether they're going <laughs> to love Jesus or not, whether they're going to go to college and be a success, it is all dependent on me right mm. now teaching them yeah. their ABCs and going through the Jesus Storybook Bible. And if I don't do that, it's all over. You know, they feel that entire weight and it's their Barbie dream castle, but they feel like everything depends on them because frankly, in society and in the world, that kind of feels like the story that's communicated. That's the, 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 you know, the message of, of our culture, but that's not the message of Jesus. And so I love that word for moms listening. Can you, do you have an example for us in an area in motherhood that you felt like you were striving? Oh, goodness. A bazillion. Um, one that comes to mind is my daughter this year was given a dyslexia diagnosis. And and this is after, you know, I mean, I, I everything you just named, I was I was living that, you know, in preschool. She could not seem to get her ABCs. And in kindergarten, we weren't reading by the end of kindergarten. And in my first two, she's my third and my first two just boom, you know, just, I mean, they picked up books and read, like, I, I don't remember teaching them, but I remember thinking I failed you and all, I mean, I just, I still could just weep over it because I still worry about that, you know, with all my kids. And, and I look at her life and the struggle she's had and the ways we've, it felt like so many times we've inadequately tried to help her, the pressure I've felt for her to succeed and the sin I've had in that, the, the, um, the fears that she's had through all of it. And, and, and in some ways I'm sure I fed them, you know, and, and I look, we, we didn't know it was dyslexia till now because we tested her young and it didn't show up. So all this time we haven't known what it is, poor thing. And she's, you know, now, you know, fourth grade or fifth grade. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking, you know, that, and, and yet, um, what God's shown me this year, just even in a few, a few weeks ago, we were driving and we were talking about her faith and, and I said, you know, Caroline, we were talking about another person that was struggling in their faith. I said, Caroline, you'll probably go through that where you aren't sure if Jesus is real and you're not sure, you know, what you believe. And and she said, Mom, I'll never go through that. She said, how could I ever doubt God when he has been so faithful to me through all of this struggle? She's only in fifth grade. And I thought, oh, Lord, like, I don't even have a clue all that you're doing in my kids' lives, all the ways you're making them exactly what I pray that they will be, but it's in the backwards ways. It's in the mess. It's in the brokenness. It's in the fear. It's in the doubt. It's even in my failure as a mother, you have become enough for her. And, and I just, I think, gosh, we build these systems of parenting that we think we're accomplishing a purpose and a goal. But the truth is, if we believe that it is in our weakness, that he is strong, then we can't fear our own weakness with our kids and we can't fear their weakness. And what we all we can do along the road of parenting is the best that we know and then give them Jesus and teach them that he is enough. And and oftentimes that has been given to my children only and when there has been failure and imperfection. And I hate that. 
but I also have learned to love it and I've learned to embrace it rather than fear it. That's so good. You know, literally, as you were saying, in our weakness, he is strong. I was actually writing that down in my notes. And Mm. so good. You know, I feel like as a mom myself, that in the hardest seasons, in my children's biggest challenges, it it drives me to the point where I'm like, you know what, I realize I can't do this. And I need Jesus. And it reminds me that I don't want to live a life that doesn't require him. I don't want to live that small. And so these challenges and these things in our lives, you know, just for anybody listening, whatever you're going through in your marriage and your family, with your kids, um, with finances, whatever it might be, it's hard and it's not fun. But if we can avoid the numbing and if we can avoid the striving and just press into Jesus, that's that's where the hope is. Um, Mm. Jenny, you have your book is called Nothing to Prove. And uh, where can people get a copy of that? You know, it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere that books are sold, it's there. So yeah, I, I my website's Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E Allen.com. And it's got links there too. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much for being with us today. Now for the mom who is just right now taking off her headphones and she's about to maybe pick up her baby from nap time or pick up her kids from school. Um, can you just give her a quick encouragement for this road that's ahead of her? Mm, enjoy the chaos. Enjoy the the mess of it. I think um, we tend to want to get through the messy seasons, but I think as I look back, I've got a 17 year old now, and I think our most precious and meaningful points and the most sincere, you know, moments of bonding and connection we've had are those moments. And so I pray that that whatever it is that is difficult with your kids, that you would celebrate them and celebrate that that we've been counted worthy to to suffer various trials of all kinds i just think that that it's such a backwards way to think and live but it really is i believe the most meaningful parts so good jenny thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and to encourage us today thank you kat so if you find yourself in the middle of that chaos in the middle of the mess I just want to give you the encouragement that this is where the memories are made. This is where the real connection happens. And I just just want to speak a prayer over you right now as we end our time together. God, thank you for each and every mom listening. Lord, I just pray your grace over her in whatever situation that she finds herself in today. I ask that you would give her the words to speak to her children, the encouragements to give them. I pray that you put peace in her heart and that she would know the depth and the truth of your love. Thank you so much for the way that she is fighting for her family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And don't forget that if you want a chance to win Jenny Allen's book, Nothing to Prove, and an autographed copy of Shauna Nequist's book, Present Over Perfect, and a $20 gift card to the Hello Morning Shop, just take a picture of what you were doing while you're listening to this podcast and tag me, the Cat Lee underscore, and Jenny Allen, Jenny S. Allen, and Shauna Nequist, S. Nequist on Instagram, and I'll pick a winner from there. Don't forget that if you're looking for any links that we mentioned in today's episode, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and you'll find all the show notes for this episode and all the other episodes that we've ever done. All right, that's it for today's episode. We'll see you next time on the next episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. throne of
gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet news.